Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Are you familiar with Max Lucado? Raise your hand if you remember Max Lucado. Listen to this. I love this. He wrote concerning the babe resting in the manger. Rest well, tiny hands, for though you belong to a king, you will touch no stain, own no gold. You will grasp no pen, guide no brush. No, your tiny hands are reserved for works more precious. To touch a leper's open wound, to wipe a widow's tears away, to open the eyes of the blind, to make straight the lame, to claw the ground of Gethsemane. Your hands, so tiny, so tender, so white, clutched tonight in an infant's fist. They aren't destined to hold a scepter or wave from a palace balcony. They are reserved instead for a Roman spike that will staple them to a cross. Sleep deeply, tiny eyes. Sleep while you can. For soon the blurriness will clear and you will see the mess we have made of your world. You will see our nakedness, for we cannot hide. You will see our selfishness, for we cannot give. You will see our pain, for we cannot heal. You will see our eyes that will see hell's darkest pit and witness her ugly prints. Sleep, please sleep. Sleep while you can. Lay still, tiny mouth. Lay still, mouth from which eternity will speak. Tiny tongue that will soon summon the dead, that will define grace, that will silence our foolishness. Rosebud lips upon which a ride a star-born kiss of forgiveness to those who believe you and a death to those who deny you lay still. And tiny feet cupped in the palm of my hand rest. For many difficult steps lie ahead for you. Rest, tiny feet. Rest today so that tomorrow you might walk with power. Rest. For millions will follow in your steps. Isn't that beautiful? So well written. If you've been with us, you know the babe resting in the manger was born to be sacrificed for sin. He was born to die. He was born to be made sin for us in order that we might be made the righteousness of God. Remember I told you that it was God's plan from the beginning for Jesus to be crucified by the hate of men and the will of God. Did you hear me? For Jesus to be crucified by the hate of men and the will of God. I told you last time that God uses hate to accomplish his purposes. And God works his purposes through holy men and sinful men. Did you know? And a sinner of the worst kind cannot thwart the plan of God. Somebody say amen. And again, the cross was no accident or misfortune. Jesus gave his life. It was a father's plan. Not only the father's plan, but listen, the father's doing. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5, it says this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. 
but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. Y'all come on, read this with me. But he was wounded for our transgression. I need everybody to read it with me. Come on. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus, did you get this? Was smitten by God, it says. God knew this was the only way for man to be saved. So Jesus willingly and voluntarily gave his life and laid down his life. John chapter 10, verse 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. And no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And I have power to lay it down, Jesus said, and I have power to take it up again. Well, in our text today, Jesus has been crucified and hanging on the cross. Were you with me? Not last week, but the week before. Just raise your hand. Were you with me? You know then that we talked about crucifixion in detail. And I told you that crucifixion was invented by the Persians, adopted by the Greeks, and perfected by the Romans. Invented by the Persians, adopted by the Greeks, and perfected by the Romans. Crucifixion was a barbaric form of capital punishment. Cicero called it the cruelest, the most horrifying death possible. Josephus called it the most pitiful of deaths. Tacitus, a Roman historian, said it was a despicable death. It was the extreme and ultimate punishment. So Jesus, last time we were together, we left off Jesus hanging between how many thieves? Two. How many thieves? Two. Okay. Some of y'all said it like you didn't know. I wasn't saying peace. Amen. Y'all think I'm like, peace, brother. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you the answer. Jesus was hanging in between two. There you go. Thieves on the cross. And one thief says, save yourself and get us down. The other thief says, Lord, remember me and take me up. And we pointed out two thieves in the same situation with the same circumstances. Both were nailed to the cross. Both of them started out mocking Jesus. Both are hanging equal distance from eternity. Both started the day with the same destiny and yet two very different responses to Jesus. And by the end of the day, one of them is in paradise and one is in hell. Truly, it's been said and it's true. The same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. Well, while Jesus is hanging on the cross, there's a small group of believers gathered at the foot of the cross. Are you listening? Four Marys and one John. Four Marys and one John. I've titled this sermon, near the cross. John chapter 19 saints, and listen, if you're new to our church, we are a verse-by-verse Bible teaching church, so if we leave off in verse 24, next time you come, we're going to be in verse 25. Somebody say amen. So, John chapter 19, we're picking up in verse 25. If you're looking at verse 25, I need y'all to say a hearty amen. Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Calvary Chapel, you know, if you've been around here, you know that there are six Marys or six women in the Bible named Mary. We have Mary, the mother of Jesus. We have Mary, the wife of Cleopas, or Clopas, some people say. Uh, We have Mary Magdalene. We have Mary, the sister of 
Lazarus. We have Mary, the mother of John Mark. And then we meet a Mary in Romans chapter 16, verse 6. Look it up in your own time. We meet a Mary there. In the Bible, in Bible days, Mary was a very common name in Jesus' day. Almost like, um, what's like a common name today? Like um, John, um, Susan, Shaniqua. <laughs> oh, that's not a common name. I, th- I thought that was, I'm my, my bad, I'm sorry. I thought that was a common name. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, You know, just a common name. Mary was a common name in Jesus' day. In our story, we have four Marys standing near the cross as Jesus was crucified. Now, there are many more people at the cross, saints. Listen, I told you that crucifixion was very common in Rome. As you entered Rome, the roads were lined with people who had been crucified. The roads were lined with people who are hanging on the cross. It's very gruesome. It's very gruesome. The roads are lined with people hanging on the cross or people crying out or blood. And maybe it smells. And it's just very, very, very gruesome. But around the cross of Jesus, I think we have four Roman soldiers who would have probably been there simply on duty. And then we have the four Marys. Uh, Specifically, I want to point out Mary, the wife of Cleopas, because I did a lot of research, and we really couldn't find much about her. We don't know much about Mary, the wife of Cleophas, except that she is the wife of Cleophas. Uh, that's pretty much we, what we know about her. The Bible tells us Mary's sister is there. And then the disciple that Jesus loved, and we know that is who? Who saints? John. And we know this is John because it's the second time John told us that he is the disciple that Jesus loved. I think John liked to rub it in to the other disciples. Like, I want you guys to know, I am a disciple that Jesus loved. More than you. Okay, I. And he said it twice. This is the second time. He said the first time in around John chapter 13 that he was a disciple that Jesus loved. Now, you guys remember, if you're 40, I'd say maybe 40 and up, you remember the song, because people don't sing it much anymore. You remember the song, Near the Cross? You guys remember, or, or Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross? Uh, G E, keep me near. There's a precious fountain. Can you imagine hearing this on radio? It came to all the healing stream. Flows from Calvary's mountain near the cross. Everybody know that part. Near the cross, be my glory. Black folks say, ever. (laughs) Sing till my wrath. I said rest. <laughs> you guys remember near the cross. <laughs> I want to talk to you about these people, four in spe- specifically, who are near the cross 
And the different reasons why they're near the cross, essentially got your pen here. Four reasons why they're near the cross. Number one, redemption. Number two, rebuke. Number three, responsibility. And number four, reward. Redemption, rebuke, responsibility, and reward. Redemption, Mary Magdalene. Rebuke, Mary's sister. Responsibility, John. And finally, reward Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about in the remainder of our time together. First of all, Mary Magdalene is at the cross in the place of redemption. Now write this down. Luke chapter 8 verse 2 tells us, And a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene or Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. So Mary Magdalene had been in bondage to Satan for a long time. The Bible doesn't tell us what kind of bondage, whether it be sex, drugs, sin, we don't know. But the Bible tells us that demons wreaked havoc with this woman. And one day she met Jesus, and Jesus cast out the demons and set her free. You know, that's a sermon right there. Bible teachers, listen. Uh, Preachers, that's a sermon one day she met Jesus. I don't know that. You know what? That's the epitaph for every single Christian. And one day I met Jesus and he changed everything. Just like Mary Magdalene met Jesus and he set her free. And she went from hopeless and helpless to hopeful and helpful and healing and freedom. I think of Acts chapter 26, verse 18. To open the eyes and to turn them, talking about Jesus, from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's what happened to Mary Magdalene. When she met Jesus, she went from darkness to light. Somebody say amen. From spiritual bankruptcy to being heirs of the kingdom. And that's why this Mary was standing at the cross. You know, somebody once said, the one, to the one who loved much or who was forgiven much, loved much. And that's so true. The people who love Jesus the hardest, and I know that to be a fact even today, The people who love Jesus the hardest and the most and they cling to him for life and breath are people who have been forgiven much. Am I right about that? Thank you, two people. That's true. I've met them and you've met their their testimonies of how they've hurt people and even killed people. People have told me, Pastor, I got to tell somebody. Tell them what? Tell me what? I got to get off my chest. I got to tell somebody. Tell me what? Tell me. Man, I I killed a guy. I killed five guys. I killed ten guys. These guys love Jesus today, and they love him much. And just like Mary, she'd been set free. Can you imagine being racked with demons all of your life and what demons do to you? They hurt you and they embarrass you. And the Bible says that, they, that the devil comes to rob and kill and steal and destroy from you. And this is all this woman knew. So when she met Jesus, he changed everything for her. And she loved him much. And Jesus loved her much. As a matter of fact, when Jesus, when Jesus delivered Mary, study your Bible, read your Bible. She never left Jesus' side. Never. In our text, 
As Jesus hung, blood and died, Mary was standing near the cross. Did you know that Mary Magdalene was at the burial of Jesus? Did you know that Mary Magdalene was at the tomb early on Easter Sunday morning? Did you know that Mary Magdalene was the first one to actually see the resurrected Jesus? John 20, verse 1. According to John, she was one of the first to run and tell others. So Jesus greatly impacted her life. And not only that, but Jesus redeemed her life. The word redemption, you got a pen? Important Christian word. The word redemption comes from the Greek word agora, agora, A-R-G-U-R-A, agora. The word agora was the Greek, or the agora was the Greek marketplace where slaves were sold. Agorazo means to purchase, to pay the price, to take off the trading block. We have been purchased. Are y'all with me? We have been purchased. We have been taken off the trading block of sin. And God has moved us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? So the agorazo, that means to purchase or to pay the price or to take off the trading block. Listen, trading block. Ex agorazo means you are purchased in a way that you'll never be sold again. Now, here's another Greek word. I'm not trying to impress you with Greek. I'm trying to help you understand something. Here's one other Greek word that you need to know. Lutrosis. Lutrosis. L-U-T-R-O-S-I-S. And it means you have not only been purchased and you'll never go back to the trading block, but you're also set free. That's what this word is in the case of Mary Magdalene. Jesus redeemed her. He purchased her, bought her off the trading block of sin, and he set her free. Jesus cast those demons out of Mary and set her free and redeemed her. Now, I'm dating myself here. Do y'all remember the um, green stamps? You remember, you remember those S&H green stamps? Raise your hand. You remember those S&H? Okay, that's, the, that's a lot of y'all. Amen. <laughs> or, or they call them blue chips. Remember that? And, and for those of you that don't know, okay, because this is a whole different era. When you young people listen. When you went to the store to buy something, when you made a purchase, they would give you some stamps. Y'all, am I right about it, y'all? And then you would take those stamps and take them home, and you would lick the stamp, right? Well, I'm trying to help you understand everything. You got to get it all. They lick the stamp, and then you stick it in the book, right? And then once you filled up the book, then you take the book, and you take it back to the store, and you do what? You redeem it for a vacuum cleaner, or a bike, or an Xbox, or iPhone, or... Oh, well, they had that in those days. I'm sorry. Nowadays, they don't even do that. Nowadays, they just give you like a really long CVS receipt and ask you, do you want your receipt? And you have to roll it up like a scroll and then you walk out. <laughs> they said, do you want your receipt? No, 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 it's okay. I don't actually have room in my car for it. <laughs> you see, these receipts are getting longer and longer and longer. And who reads these things anyway? You know, I would rather not take the receipt and have to bring the thing back and argue with you than take the receipt. Amen. Sir, do you have your receipt? No, I don't have my scroll, but you, you need to take <laughs> It's third service. Pray for me. 
And it's like, so, 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 so there was a redemption there. And, 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 and so the Bible teaches that we are redeemed, not by the spit of our tongue, but by the precious blood of the lamb. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Peter said that. Peter said that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with the, y'all come on, read it with me, precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now let me tell you something else about redemption. It ain't cheap. Amen. Redemption is costly. Peter tells us it cost Jesus his blood. The word precious, it means valuable. It means treasured. It means esteemed. It means without calculation. In other words, Jesus' blood, you cannot put a price on it. Are you listening? You cannot put a price on the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood is more precious than the Hope Diamond. I can't believe four people said amen. It's more precious than the whole diamond. It's without calculation. You can't calculate how, what it's worth. Think about it. The blood, think about this. The blood that's flowing down the wooden pole. Again, coming into Rome, there are hundreds of people hanging on a cross. And there's blood everywhere. But the blood of this one man, was different than anybody else hanging there. The blood that was flowing down that wooden pole has the power to change a life, the power to forgive our sins, the power to prevail over the enemy. I wonder where my Christians are at right now. The power to prevail over the enemy, the power to reconcile and redeem man to God. This isn't just any blood. It's the blood of Jesus. Point number two, the cross was also a place of rebuke. For who? Mary's sister. Historians tell us that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a sister, and her name was Salome. Salome is the wife of Zebedee and the mother of the sons of thunder. Who are they, saints? James and John. Come on, who are they, saints? James and John. Matthew chapter 20, verse 23, 20 through 23. Then the mother of Zebedee, Sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? That would be the cross. That would be the wrath of God. That would be suffering. And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. They said to him, we are able. And so he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand, are y'all following me? To sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. Jesus basically rebuked her and told her, you don't know what you're asking for. And he rebuked her because her request was fleshy and carnal. I want my sons to sit on your right and on my left. And before you judge, think about this. How many times did we do the same thing? We stand at the foot of the cross or in the presence of Jesus, and we say, Lord, get me out of this, and I'll X. 
we're at, or we ask for fleshy things. Lord, uh, give me a, a bigger house. Well, your house is already 10,000 square feet, but Lord, I need a bigger house. Lord, give me a nicer car. Well, you're already driving a really nice car. And even if it wasn't a really nice car, it's a car, it gets you, it gets you to church. That's the only place you need to be anyway. Say amen, saints. Y'all need to say amen. It gets you to church. It don't matter what it is. But we ask, James said, the reason why we don't have, because we ask, and when we do ask, we ask for the wrong stuff. And God's not going to heap on you, you fleshy things. You're a flesh monster. You want all the, everything for you. You ask for the wrong things. We do the same thing. That's Salome. And think about what Jesus gave up for us. We're asking for things, but think about what he gave up. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.